1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 91. I'm going to recap your week in FAB once again. It was a busy week. It was a hectic week after a hectic MLB trade deadline, so it'll be fun to recap all that good stuff. You can find myself on Twitter at BDandrick and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at Crazy. Toby, How are we doing, man?
2: Bubba, we're doing – I'm going to say I'm going to go with an okay right now. Um, I'm wearing a new hat. I got a couple new hats. I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds, which – represents how awful I am at putting together a bullpen and picking closers. It's just, uh, I feel like it's very appropriate for me, the guy who added Chris Stratton in a number of different places for varying amounts of fab only to find out right before the show that he's coming in, in the seventh inning and that David Bednar, who I dropped in at least one main event um, in order to add Chris Stratton, you know, maybe is the closer instead of Chris Stratton. So there's that. I've got that going for me. But outside of that, outside of my absolute and utter futility, and the fact that anything I say about bullpens you probably shouldn't listen to, which probably isn't the best way to introduce a podcast. Uh, outside of that, I'm doing. I'm doing great, Baba. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's another beautiful week, a beautiful day. Just watching
1: um, all the pitchers pretty much suck and all these bats <laughs> just hit. I'm just like. I'm saying we got two more months of this because it's August 3rd and we literally have like two more months like to do this. And I'm like, I, these pictures are just getting worse and worse. It's getting it's getting bad out there right now. And all these guys are hitting and it's just it's going to be a it's been a long year already. It's going to be a long two months trying to grind this one out because you and I, we don't stop for football like other people will. So we're going to go till the end because I I, I I think I can speak for you on this part and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm willing to at least fight to go from like sixth to fourth by the end of the season. Like I want to finish as high as humanly possible. So we're going to grind this one out. But it's been um setting lineups has not been fun. Like we even talked about it beforehand. Guys like Wilmer Flores, Reese Hoskins, and guys that had injury designations, but they weren't on the IL and there's no reports. And then it looks like they're they're not in the starting lineup, so you bench them and then they come in and pinch it and they're playing on Tuesday. So it's just like so much fun, Toby. So much fun right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like the the um the motto for my season is probably going to end up being fourth place um so that's exciting for me uh, as well but i agree i mean you got to grind it out sign up for these leagues there's a decent amount of money a lot of money at stake depending on what your leagues are and, and i think it's it, it's you know from the league standpoint like it's good when everybody's competing and trying their best mm-hmm. and um and so that's one thing but then also just from a personal standpoint trying to grind, grind that out and do the best you can Right. Um, yes. So
1: most definitely, and, and you can tell we said it uh, the last few weeks. Like people are starting to focus towards football. Like this Thursday night, I think it is. We have the Hall of Fame game Thursday. Friends, so we have preseason football starting this week. Um, Where it's so it's coming. Like it's the shift is taking place, and we had this massive week in Fab last week, Toby. Like a massive week in Fab with all these different options, varying price scales. Sunday was nuts with Ortega and Hernandez, and these guys going off to raise prices and redo bids and whatever. And there are still so many guys that went with no secondary bids. I'm sitting there just going, wow, this is stunning. So it's going to be interesting to see where things go. But let's, um, before we go player by player with such a crazy week, like it wasn't Fabapalooza with all these prospects per se, but it was a lot of closers potentially because of the trades, a lot of new guys getting to hit because the Cubs and Nationals traded everybody and so many other situations how did you approach this week? Because I, I know you spend a ton of time on fab Saturday night and, and into the wee hours of Sunday morning. I spent some time Saturday, a lot of time on set, Like it was the most probably time total I spent the whole time. So how did you go about it with the, the process you have like to, to narrow it down, at least in your head of what you're focusing on?
2: Yeah. I mean, as, as is well documented on the beginning of this show and also throughout the seasons, I've been struggling a lot for, for closers and um and to get saves and that's probably the biggest weakness across all of my teams and so this was a really big opportunity to try to identify who the closers were it was it was an interesting situation because it seemed like the one guy um and i know they've gotten kudos already but phil and um and rob shout out to them for getting kyle finnegan a week early um you know that was huge for them but it was pretty clear that he was the closer and outside of that, there was a lot of questions because you had Chris Stratton, who you, know, um, you assume gets the save if Bednar does not blow the lead um, there in the eighth inning, because uh, he was kind of the next guy up, if you will. Uh, you had Dylan Floro, who did not get a save opportunity, but just based on usage, like Bender being used in the fifth and the sixth, even being used to open games, and Floro being really good from a results perspective recently, and also pretty decent from a skills perspective. And the way that 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 the game that they didn't, I think it was either tied or they were down by one, the way that they kind of had the usage there, that he was probably the guy. You had Spencer Patton, who had an opportunity to get a save and blew it. So you were wondering, is he going to get another shot or is he not going to get another shot? Or maybe Barlow, who Joe Barlow, who looked really good. And so just looking at all the permutations of what those closers were, and like you mentioned, it was not set on on Saturday night. It was not set on Sunday. So I put together some lists, you know, and just based on what had happened at the trade deadline, it impacted not only closer value, but then also opening up some value in, in, uh, or not value, but players in, in, in hitters, right? And trying to figure out just based on a couple lineups after the trade deadline, you know, what would be moving forward, like, you know, Edward Oliveras was um, was added on Sunday and he was in the lineup. But we know that he's been shifted around a lot by the Royals. So is that going to stick? Uh, Hilliard has been getting some run on the Rockies. Is that going to stick? Ortega on the Cubs I actually picked him up last week, which we uh, I guess we won't talk about. We maybe I think we talked about last week, yeah. which I felt good about, like for once, you know. Um, and then and so just really like trying to figure out what all these permutations were, where were they hitting in the lineup? Do, do they look like they have regular playing time, all of those things. And then to try to organize it in a list also based on your needs. Right. Because that's one thing I think we oftentimes, and I'll consider myself on this one too, is like, oftentimes we're like, oh, I need to get that player. You know, he's really good. But it's like, is that what you need? You know, is that on a limited budget? I mean, is that yeah. what I should
1: be spending my money on right now? Totally. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like in one league, you know, I'm not doing well in saves, but my ratios are just as important as my saves. And so in that league, I actually didn't go after Stratton, who's struggled with with his control. Um, and in that particular league, I went over, uh, with Cole Sulzer instead, because from a skills perspective, he's looked a lot better. Wasn't sure if he's going to get access to saves all the time, but it seemed like he might get at least a share of that. So all of those things need to factor into, I think your decision-making um, process in determining that. And, and that's what I tried to do. And the good news is I failed miserably. How about you? What were, what were all the considerations and things that you were thinking about it as kind of the day progressed and what, what a trade deadline that was. I mean, oh, I know oh. obviously they're players and, and they're people. And so just getting moved around like everybody was is kind of intense. And but also, you know, it's it reminded me of some other sports and yeah. and the the crazy goings on that they have, you know, and the deadlines or NBA signing things like that.
1: Yeah, because the the for MLB the trade deadline for the most part is kind of boring. Like there's like one or two names that you know are getting. Be like, hey, Manny Machado's getting traded. Where's he going to go? Probably to a big team. Like this is like this is what's happening. But all thirty teams made trades. Some trade teams didn't make trades they should have made. Looking at you, Rockies. Um, but then there's other teams that sold everybody and then teams were improving here and there and every, like it was, it was just one thing after another for about 48 hours. It kind of started Wednesday-ish into Thursday and just went all the way till the end. It was, it was great to like watch on your phone or whatever you were watching it on and, um, kind of try to keep track of it was, it was wild. It was really good stuff. So I liked that a lot, but it was tough. Like you said, Like I had had people asking me questions like, Hey, should I pick up this person or this person? And I'm like they're just now starters. Like you said, see what happens this weekend. Like, where do they play? Like, it's like, we're trying to make assumptions on literally like no data on some of these guys. Like, where are Like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. I can't tell you this. It's really tricky. Like these are the guys I'm looking to target, but like, like you said, you kind of make a list of your team needs and you go from there. And um, it's like we say for questions on the show, it's when you ask a question, like give us your leagues, like your settings, all that stuff. Don't just send me like, Hey, should I pick up this person or this person? Like, do you need this person? Do you not like it? Goes back to what you're saying. Yeah, cool. He hit three home runs on Sunday. Do I really need Rafael Ortega? Maybe you do because outfield sucks this year. So it's kind of nice to have this open up, but it's like, don't just do it because you know, well, if you have like seven outfielders, don't do it. Simple stuff. So things along those lines, but um, and it was definitely team dependent. There are certain leagues where I didn't try for any saves, and there are other leagues where I went for, like there are certain leagues where I went more for guys like Luis Patino and some other starters for cheap. And went that angle and got some bats and didn't even look at a closer. And then there's other leagues where I went closer heavy. So very dependent on that line. Still stuck to my my tasks, like, of not overspending. Like, my highest acquisition was um, Finnegan and TGFBI for, like, 34 or something. So we'll talk about that. But most of my guys I got for, like, I got clipper in one league for, like, six bucks. Like, it was all over the board. Um, but it was very much sustained discipline because I don't have a ton of money. But also doing just what my team needs because I'm i just like you and I think many of us are. It's certain times you go, okay, this like you you know you load up the the page and it shows all these guys that are available and you're like, wow, this guy's really good. Like I should get him on my team. But like especially this time of year with limited budgets, you got to sit back and go, maybe I don't need that Snickers bar right now or something like so yeah. like I don't need this. Like this it is just not worth it. Let's go do this. So that's kind of the basis of it. It was wild. I I literally I had my laptop out while I was watching the Olympics Saturday night with my wife and I just. Spent two hours on it doing that, put it away. Then the next day, the two naps my daughter took, I came in, I <laughs> got back on my computer, and it was just like, and then I finally like at 3 30, I just like closed it. I said, I'm done. Like whatever's done is done. I'm just not messing with it anymore. Whatever happens, happens. But it was wild. Like I was overall happy about it because I felt like when I was done, I'm like, I spent so much time for me, for my standards, and I'm like, I'm gonna get nobody. I'm just not gonna happen and it worked out okay so we'll see how it works but uh let's get into some of these players because there were some fun ones and it's it, it, the fun part about this is they're gonna be cool right now at the same time i wouldn't be shocked if any of these guys are not relevant in like three weeks <laughs> because they're not like the biggest of names in the world And we've seen this too many times toby so it's gonna be like here we go again but the most added player after he hit three home runs on sunday and you were ahead of the curve the week before no, no, he's the second most added player. First most added second, player. I was gonna say. Yeah, I just I had to skip. I skipped second. He's the second. First most added player was the robot and Rob's big get because they're the only two in the entire main event that added them. Kyle Finnegan went in 418 leagues as high as 217. I guess honestly, I was surprised people had so much money left over, like with all these high bids. To be to be truthful, but he went for as high as 217. Hey, I get it. Out of all the closers, Toby, he at least felt like the one guy that was like locked in right now out of all the closers out there that we're talking about. So I was all for it. Like if you could get him, get him. I was in the 30 to $40 range. That's all I had, but that was the only guy I went that high on. So I got him in one league. What's your thoughts on Finnegan? Cause it looks like it's his deal.
2: Yeah. Um, so Finnegan, I got in seven leagues this weekend, Nice. Uh, which is mostly, I mean, part of it is a product of that. I, I generally had a lot of fab left in a lot of my leagues. And also, I was lucky. There, there was not super competitive bidding on him in a lot of my leagues. I think the most I paid for him anywhere was sixty-four bucks, something like that. Not bad. Um, I agree with you. He seemed like the one guy that was a sure thing. He got the two saves. He also got a win, and and so it looked really good. I mean, um, you know, and and then with Washington and and he wasn't available because he pitched, I think, six out of eight yep. and three out of four. And so he wasn't available yesterday and the Washington bullpen just absolutely imploded. And then, you know, his main, what looked like his main competition in Wander Suero got demoted today to triple A. And so it looks like he's got a tight grasp there. The only challenge will be, I mean, I mean, the Nats, they're not an awful team. I mean, they still have, you know, they're not good, but they still have Soto. Uh, They still have Bell who hit another bomb today. So they still have some hitting. And I think Yadiel Hernandez is a little underrated They're going to be, they're going to be decent. The question is going to be how many saves they get Finnegan in general is like pretty blah. I mean, if you look at his metrics throughout the course of the year, he's been fine. He's struggled a little bit with his control, but that's actually been an area that's improved um, over his last 15. His walk rate is under 7%, but the K rates only 23% or so. Um, And so he's kind of, um, he's kind of fine. You know, he's got the job and he's fine. He's not anybody to get excited about. And so that's great. Um, and so if you got him, I think you've got to be pretty happy because what you really want to do in this situation is in an ideal world, maybe there's a David, David Bednar, (coughs) Toby, (coughs) who's got both the skills and maybe the role that you can lean on. Uh, but a lot of the times, you know, we're dealing with bullpens that have been kind of ransacked, you know, and so and so i think finnegan was kind of the best of the bunch and we'll see if that ends up being the case but i, I was pretty excited to get him
1: yeah he's made some really really nice improvements over the season on on june 8th he got destroyed you know five runs in a third of an inning that's why i feel like, like the thing with really look at ratios and stuff it just takes one bad outing and just skews the whole thing so his last 19 outings since then since on june 9th forward He's given up five total runs, five run runs and 19 innings pitch, basically a strikeout printing only six walks over that stretch. Like you mentioned, he's worked on that a big, big amount, um, two wins, two saves, eight holds, definitely because he's only this closer now. So he's doing a great job setting up and, and getting things done. Um, everything looks pretty good. He's a, a big fly ball guy though. So that's kind of still a little, always concerning in this area of baseball. He limits the hard contact, which is really good. And uh, I think there's a lot to like potentially with a guy like um, Finnegan and in reality and, with what we keep going through on this uh, this closer carousel. He's got the job. You mentioned Suero's gone. I don't see who's going to uh, you know overtake him. Once Hudson was shipped out, that was like the only other concern I had. So I, th- I think we're good to go with Finnegan. And he looks like he's he's tweaked something that's working pretty well for him. And I'm with you also. is like, yes, the Nats sold and they're going to be bad. I get it. But they're still not that bad. Like, they're still going to be good. We've seen it these last two nights. They've been competitive. They're going to be in games. The division they're in is, like, weak right now, really, really weak. So they'll be they'll be better than people think. All right, Chicago Cubs. Now we go to the second most added player, Rafael Ortega, who Toby added last week because he's smart like that. But he was adding 279 other leagues this past week for $140 max. I got him in a few leagues for, like, sub $20. I was very happy about that. I thought there was no chance. After three home runs on Sunday, that i would get Rafael Ortega. Not a chance. And and, uh, it worked. So that was very nice. But you got a guy like Ortega, Toby, who's leading off pretty much every day for them. He's um, hit safely in uh, five of his last six games. A little bit of power, a little bit of speed, four steals. That's very attractive. So what's your thoughts on Ortega going forward? He's probably playing over his skis now, but I think he's still going to be pretty serviceable.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the reason why I had added him previously is that he's actually been hitting leadoff. Every single time he plays for the Cubs, uh, for a couple weeks now, and the the I think a major question that will determine his value is whether or not he is in a platoon or not. Um, he was not previously in a platoon, but the last lefty um, that they faced, although did they? Oh, they did they go against Freeman today? Freeland, yeah, and he let off.
1: Oh, yeah. And he's still at all. I was worried about so, that, too. Yeah, yeah that
2: was I was worried because I think the last lefty they faced, he sat. But yeah. he had faced the, la- the two lefties previous to that. And so what I was really encouraged by over the weekend was with that type of performance, it's hard for them to keep him, you know, with, with what else they're throwing out there from a lineup perspective to keep him out of there. I agree. I mean, he's always been kind of the speedster, you know, kind of higher batting average guy. Um, but was, what was really interesting to me, and I really honestly only realized it because I already had him on my team, so I wasn't doing like a deep dive on him necessarily. After he hit the three home runs is if you look at his stack cast metrics, he already has seven barrels this year. So an 8.2 percent barrel percentage and his max exit velocity of 109.5 is over to about two and a half miles per hour harder than any other previous hit that he's had in baseball and is actually pretty good especially for a guy who doesn't have a huge frame and so when you look at that coupled with just you know he's always had better than league average contact 84.4 percent over his career 80.4 percent now he's also been pretty good from a play discipline perspective i mean here's a guy who has every opportunity to be um, a, a major contributor hitting first getting a ton of plate appearances. The only question I had is whether they were going to, whether they were going to platoon him or not. And they did not And man, it's fantastic. Um, I think he, he can be a real difference maker because you know, that NL central has some, has some pretty atrocious teams now, you know, with the, well, I guess he can't play the Cubs himself. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, just from a pitching perspective, it's like the Brewers and then, Everybody else, you know, the Reds have a couple good guys, but everybody else is just kind of blah. And so really nice, um, you know, really nice, really nice pickup, I think, for folks to get. I was very, very excited. I got him in, a, in one other league, a really big league, a really important league, which was exciting.
1: Well, and the reason I think the the platoon's off, like it was off That would have been his platoon game, center field versus lefty. Uh, looking at roster resource, there's nobody there. Mm, so, good call, good call. Is, there's nobody there right now, unless they make some other move. Which why would you like? You have two months, see what the kids got. Let him hit a lefty. Who cares? Like he's got nothing to lose. So I, I think that's what you got going for him there, and that'll be uh, very intriguing to see because you goes my minor league numbers, he's always shown speed. Fifteen plus steals or fourteen plus steals many years, and the power started developing in 2019. Twenty one homers in Triple A with the Braves. So. There's definitely something in that bat that uh, is very, very intriguing to see how that plays out. So I'm definitely uh, excited about some of those shares, and we'll see how that one keeps playing out. All right. This one, it was interesting because uh, Tyler Clippard started closing a couple times before Soria was even traded. And I'm sitting there going, man, you Diamondbacks really like to screw things up, don't you? Like, don't you want to keep his value high while you have it? I guess their idea is maybe he can't blow a save, so we'll just put him in the eighth inning. But um, Soria gets dealt. Clippard's the closer now. He picked up in 256 leagues, as high as 217. I know I grabbed him in at least one, if not two, leagues uh, it, over the weekend. So it looks like he's the guy. Another similar to Finnegan. Like I think Finnegan's a better pitcher, but I don't see anybody taking Clipper's job either. Uh, so what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, I really liked Clipper. Actually, I mean from a from a skills perspective, I thought he was he was very good. I mean, a, talk about consistency. So here's Clipper's last. 3 years 290 ERA 1.85 whip 277 ERA .88 whip this year 0 ERA .8 whip String swinging strike rate 13.9% 12.3% 13.2% K minus walk 20.3 22.4 15.8 so in every single season he's been better than the average skills wise And in his results and his production as well. And it was pretty clear, you know, what you said that Clippard was going to be the guy. I actually forgot to mention him in my little diatribe at the beginning, but Clippard was my number two guy on list. So it was Finnegan and then it was Clippard because I felt like I knew he had the job and I actually think he's a, he's a pretty good pitcher. So again, I think he's a, he's a really nice pickup and he's already got that one clean inning yesterday. Wasn't a save opportunity, but obviously you'll, you'll, you'll take it.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll see how he keeps going. He's only pitched in five games so far this year. I, I was wondering, like, why I didn't hear about him most of the year. It's because he came up late. So we'll see how that one keeps going. But it's going to be his job. Diamondbacks might have a safe chance right now as the Giants are sucking against Bumgarner, who's been actually pretty darn good of late, too. So um, Diamondbacks will make things really annoying for quite some time. All right. One of the trades that made many people scratch their head at, at first blush, but after the trade deadline is completely done, I can kind of see what the uh, Mariners are doing now. They acquired Abraham Toro from the Houston Astros, picked up in 240 leagues for as high as 155. And Toro has been absolutely outstanding. He went deep again on Tuesday night. He's hit safely in all but one game since the trade. Now has, I think, three home runs since the trade, stolen a bag or two. He's been very, very productive, getting regular playing time of late. Um, he's hit safely in like nine of his last 10 games now as well. Young player, once a you know highly touted prospect, he's 24 years old they probably finding his peak, which is quite like the more the trade happened, the more I started digging in and going, wait, why didn't I care about him when he was on the Astros? Oh, that's right. Bregman's going to come back eventually. Now no one's in his way. Like this is very intriguing. Switch hitter, middle of the order. I had him kind of ranked a little bit ahead of the Ortegas and the Yadiel is for me. But again, it comes back to team dependence. Like I mentioned earlier, outfield's so bad, I kind of had to go on certain ones to go get the outfield pieces. Where in reality, in a vacuum, I wanted Toro out of those that group of guys. What's your thoughts on Abraham Toro? Because I'm actually pretty excited about what I'm seeing from him. And I think these last two months could be pretty fun with him
2: yeah I thought it was an absolutely brilliant move by Jerry Depoto. I did, I do not understand all the I mean I understand it like it's emotional well, right? I, I was this, I was weirded out by trading your closer while you're in a playoff
1: race but then once everything was all done it made sense to me when I started seeing the years of control. Yeah, that's what I mean to, is know, like
2: then it all yeah, made sense and, in the end. it's just it's and I and I totally get it because obviously like players are human beings and there's emotional attachment and when somebody invests themselves and is doing really well for a team, and then you trade them to the arch rivals. Yeah. it's it's, uh, it's difficult. Yeah, at least trade them to like the Central or something. <laughs> yeah. However, like if you in Depoto's shoes, like he's got to understand where they are right now. Like they are not; they are overperforming dramatically based on the talent level that they have at the major league level. And even with that, I think their per- this percentage chance that they made the playoffs was like six percent. And so he was able to trade a guy who they were able to pick up for, not for free, but to a short, to a one-year contract last year at the peak of his value for a 24-year-old who's, dem- who's been better than league average at every single stop in the major leagues. He's 24. He's already been in baseball for two major league seasons, parts of two major league seasons. He's got above league average contact rate. He's got above league average plate discipline already. He's got speed. He's got power. He's a switch hitter like that to me is like a brilliant move. And then to go out and get Diego Castillo, who I would argue is a better reliever than Graveman is, particularly if you look at Graveman's skills um, in the last little bit uh, and the regression that's likely coming there. I mean, what a fantastic move. And you've got Castillo now for three more years. just fantastic, and so with Toro. Uh oh, I think I lost Bubba, guys. I don't know how to host this host this show myself. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little scared, but I'm going to continue to go. Uh, and you're most of you are probably listening to this on the podcast, because so you can't see that Bubba uh, disappeared here. But hopefully he will come back, uh, or else I will just continue to talk uh, endlessly. So with Toro, I mentioned before. Um, above league average contact rate uh he actually doesn't have above league average o swing but i think he has historically in his uh in his minor league uh career yeah he's got double digit walks in most of his um career um so it sounds like bubba's internet just went out um so i am going to i'm going to text him and let him know that i'm going to keep on going and hope that he can join me so Um, so yeah, so Bubba's internet just went out, so I'm, I'm flying a little bit, uh, solo right now. So we're gonna, we're just gonna kind of roll with it guys. So help me out. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, Abraham Toro. I just, I absolutely love the move for the, for Seattle and it not only gives them a guy that they can use moving forward, but also somebody that they might be able to trade in the future because he is, as was mentioned, there's a lot of teams that were very interested in acquiring his services. So, big fan of Abraham Toro there. Uh, next up on the ad list um, was um, Edward Olivares, and he's been obviously a popular name in a lot of leagues. Um, and you know, and and but the the Royals have been kind of adding him or adding him to the big league lineup, sticking him in there for a game, dropping him down. It's like a meme at this point. They've been adding and dropping him so frequently but with Oliveris, um the power speed is super intriguing he's 25 years old um in his major league uh career you know he actually only has one stolen base he had his second stolen base today which was a really nice a little boon there for folks who added him but when you look at his projection rest of season you know, um, Zips has him, well, let's go with bat. The bat X has him in 68 plate appearances with two home runs and two stolen bases. So if he gets 250 plate appearances the rest of the way, you're looking at a guy who could contribute, you know, six, seven, eight steals and six, seven, eight home runs, uh, potentially even 10 and 10 for the remainder of the season, especially when you think about the Royals and their propensity um, to, you uh, Uh, to run on the base paths, and with a decent batting average, 249. Uh, So Oliveris is a really nice uh, addition, I think. And then with Andrew Benintendi getting injured today, I didn't see exactly how serious it was. If Bubba was on the podcast, what I would be doing right now is researching while he was talking about it. But with Benintendi getting injured, it's another opportunity for uh, Oliveris to be in the lineup every day. I think there was some concern... That with Mondesi uh, being on his rehab stint, that he would come back at short, that Nicky Lopez would move to second base, and then Whit Merrifield would move to the outfield. But if Andrew Benintendi is out for any significant period of time, then what will end up happening is Oliveras will have a, a spot regardless. With the Royals having traded, you know, uh, Jorge Soler early in the season, so I think this could be a real game changer uh, of a pickup. Honestly, particularly with with the access to. Um, playing time for Oliveras. You know, again, projected for a 249 batting average, just really, really nice. Um uh, I'm I'm ecstatic to have picked him up in a few spots. And and the price was decent. And Bubba is back. Man, Bubba is you. back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna kill Spectrum He's on the podcast here. I managed to talk about one player. I talked about Edward Oliveris. That's cool. Baba you had been so proud of me. I talked about Ben Intendi getting injured. I I don't oh, know what oh, the injury is, but how that, that frees up a spot and Mondesi possibly coming back and Nikki Lopez moving to second and Merrifield moving to the outfield. But now Oliveris has a place to go to and how he's brilliant.
1: Well done. Well done. I knew Thank you could you. do it. I knew you could do it. I'm so happy about this, and I'm glad you talked about Oliveris because I don't have any shares except in best ball leagues. So I got I got nothing to to add to that one. Really, I think well, he's very good. I think he's very good. Like I, he should have been up for a long time now, but, but the Royals kept messing with that. So I think it's going to be very fun to see what he can do. And uh, did did you end up getting him in some teams?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I got him. Uh, I think on three teams, two. Two OCs, I should look, I think I got him, I got him in my super, which is really well, cool. We'll recap and, it at the end when we talk about yeah, our and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's true. That's I did true. want to bring up one comment here, which is from William E. He says, I feel sick now after I dropped Toro to keep Brendan Rodgers and activate Kettle Martel. I would say, William, there is nothing to feel sick about that. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, I have been incredibly impressed by Rodgers. He's not on any waiver wires, so we haven't talked about him, but he's demonstrating elite contact, strong play discipline, the dude is on. Um, I mean, like over 600 plate appearances, he'd be on pace for 25, 30 home runs. He's stealing bases. I would, ha- I would have had Brendan Rodgers well ahead of, of yeah, Abraham Toro sure. on, on waiver wire. Like half for his sure.
1: games, half his games in Coors the rest of the way. Yeah, oh, yeah totally. All he's all He's phenomenal. Yeah, don't feel bad. And plus, Catal Marte, if if healthy, which has been the biggest issue this year, he's a top five or six second baseman, or whatever. And he gets outfit eligibility. So. Yeah, you you made the right move. I was just see that's why it comes back to league dependency there. Like, would you prefer uh, Toro over those guys? Probably not. Really, uh, I, I'm excited about Toro, but uh, Brendan Rodgers. I guess the biggest issue with Brendan Rodgers is just the Rockies getting their stuff together and playing him. That's the biggest issue with Brendan Rodgers. So, I'm with you there. I think that's a very very. Uh, you're okay. You're very very much okay there, William. I wouldn't worry too much about that. But all right, let's go to the next guy here. Is Toby did a phenomenal job trying to help his – It's been about a week since I had an internet issue. We're back, so that's good. But um, we're going to move on here. (laughs) Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer, like, like I had to – because I played – I do DFS content every day. was the only reason I knew how good he was playing. And then, like, all of a sudden he's batting third for the Reds on the regular. Joey Votto's hitting home runs and driving him in. It was crazy. But if you look back to to Kyle Farmer right now, he came into tonight's game on a 10-game hitting streak with a couple home runs, a couple doubles, a couple triples. Like, he's doing everything right now. And it's crazy. Like, I didn't get any shares of him. I had bids in, especially because his multi-position eligibility is tremendous. Second base, shortstop, and third base, I believe, for Kyle Farmer. So, that's, like, the little things we've talked about many times on this show. Like, I cherish guys like that. That almost puts you above certain guys. Like, that's definitely a tiebreaker for me situation. So, I was intrigued with him. Didn't get him anywhere. But um, I'm also kind of, like, hesitant on is this for real with Kyle Farmer. So, what's your takes on Farmer? Because I don't have – I didn't win any bids on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bubba, you may not remember, but we've actually talked about Kyle Farmer before on the show uh, earlier on in the season, just because he was getting playing time. He's got that multi-position eligibility and he's demonstrated some really good contact skills, you know, Um, and I do want to give a shout out since we're giving shout outs to people who have who have identified talent like, you know, Rob and Phil did. I know that Yancey posted today about how uh, Maddie Wood yeah, yeah. um, had been had been pushing him to pick up Kyle Farmer in some DCS, you know, er, way earlier on this season, which is impressive. And Maddie's obviously familiar with Farmer from his time with the Dodgers. He was part of that Yasiel Puig and um, uh, that famous uh, Puig, uh, Puig, Farmer, and who am I forgetting somebody else for oh, Josiah it,
1: Gray? Was it Winker? No, it was an outfielder, Shebler, Scotty
2: Shebler. Was that who it was? It was an outfielder. I'm pretty positive. I, okay.
1: I, I'm well, it was Puig.
2: Puig was the main guy going over to the Reds, I believe, and um, uh, and Farmer went over there, so he's familiar with him. But shout out to him for kind of knowing knowing about Farmer. But yeah, I've had Farmer, and I also have him in a 20 team dynasty league. Um, that just because that position flexibility is really nice on the bench.
1: So yeah, he's been good. I mean, he's playing way over his head, obviously. There uh, you, not-
2: you go. There you go.
1: So it was Puig, Matt Kemp, Alex Kemp. Wood, Kyle Farmer Matt. to the Reds for Homer Bailey, who they quickly dropped. Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs.
2: Yeah. And that then they, the they traded Jeter Downs to Sox, yeah. Sox yes. for in the Mookie Betts deal, right? That's right. Yep. And then they traded Josiah Gray now to get Trey Turner and Max or Scherzer. So, so what did they turn Puig into those three guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause Wood was a free agent after yeah. that year yeah. in Kemp. Yeah. I mean, we know Kemp didn't. There's, there's a
1: reason why, why there's a reason why some teams stay good. Yeah. When you have team, when you make moves like that, where literally it's never as simple as just saying you got those three guys for Yasiel Puig, but in a vacuum, you got those three guys for
2: Yasiel Puig. And that yeah. is, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, farmer, farmer, I like, and it's just one of these situations where he's playing every day, which is something huge. He's the type of guy and Willie Castro is similar. Um, Luis Urias before the trade deadline, which has absolutely crushed his value was kind of like this, but yeah, second base shortstop, third base eligible. So really covers your entire infield almost. And so if you have him on the bench, it's really nice because especially with COVID and Everything that's happening right now, just injury wise, and and with the end of the season coming up, he's a guy that you can kind of plug in if any of your guys get injured. I think that's probably his best utility at this point, you know, in like a fifteen teamer or a twelve teamer. But, you know, ride right it while ride right it while he's hot. he's got the stroke going uh, right yeah. now for sure
1: and they're hitting them third in front of auto great american small park like everything's perfect to ride while it's hot and then you said Luis urias urias Chase peterson i was riding those guys while they were hot the trades kind of made both like covid got peterson he's back you let him and urias they're not playing every day now so it's making it tough so guys like farmer are playing every day yeah ride them like i'm all about that with you so i i didn't like go heavy on him because again team dependency but i liked him a lot like he was one of those I was kind of bummed in the end that I didn't go heavier on him, but I needed I needed outfield, outfield badly. Uh we won't go too deep on this, but Eloy Jimenez got picked up everywhere now. That's pretty much a no-brainer situation. So we'll we'll move on on that one. Uh Michael walker got added. Bubba, I did get Eloy
2: in two places. I didn't even think I was gonna get him.
1: Really? Well, how what what did you bid?
2: Well, I got him in for 178 in one lead. Okay. And in the other bit, the other bit, but the thing is like, it's all contextual, right? Like yeah. I looked at the teams in front of me, like in one league, I got them for 217, I think, or 227, something like that. I had like, I had, uh, 386 bucks, I think in that one. So I had a decent amount, but I had, there was guys above me that had like 450, 560. And so I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm going to toss this out here. Like, I'd love to have Eloy on my team. And, and somehow he didn't have it. I think it was the injury. The injury was like perfect timing. Awesome.
1: Well, and the um, recording on the injury was horrible. Like, no one was saying anything about it. It was just totally. like, oh, he's another day off, another day. I'm like, how bad is the hamstring? Talk to me,
2: people, or groin, whatever it was. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. The challenge with the 178 bit is, is, of all my leagues, that's probably the one that I needed him the least in. So I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I even, yeah, I even the texted with injury. the person it's I shared it. the league with. And I was like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to be super aggressive on, on eloy this week just because i you know we don't necessarily need him and but lo and behold i ended up getting him so hopefully that doesn't actually end up screwing me over by not giving me enough fab to manage the rest i have like 70 bucks left so it should be okay but i like to have a little bit more fab as you know
1: i would too but the way things have gone the last few weeks with like no runner-up bids and stuff i think seven is gonna be pretty darn fine like the way things are going a lot of one and two dollar bids you'll be Totally fine, I have a feeling. Uh, let's talk Michael Waka. He got picked up in uh Waka, Waka. he got picked up in hundred and eighty leagues as high as thirty nine dollars, mainly because he had a nice two step on paper this week. And he came in pitching overall well, a like kind of a five innings, most starts. He was getting stretched out finally. Uh he had Seattle and I think he has Detroit over the weekend. Seattle thumped him. So we we can do Captain Hindsight stuff now. But going into the week, Toby um, I wasn't in on Waka. I was in on some
2: other guys. What were your thoughts on, on Waka? I mean, he was my top starting pitcher at, I think, because you, you have Seattle and Baltimore. Um, right. I think both of those are at home, I yeah, want to say, yep. for Waka. And when you look at him, his velocity was up. You know, he had just dominated the Yankees lineup, which he really seems to like the pitching against the Yankees. That's the problem with, like, a lot of these Rays pitchers is they pitch really well against the Yankees and the Red Sox. When you don't have them in the lineup, Brian Yarborough feels like the exact same guy where it's like, if he's starting at Baltimore, he's going to get destroyed. Um, But if he's pitching like against the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Blue Jays, like he's, he's, he's terrific. So anyways, enough of my, um, my whining. So I really liked walk a lot. And this is just one example of how this game works, right? In a, in an ideal world, I had walk at the top of one of my bid lists for starting pitchers. In an ideal world, I would have got him. if you had said, do you want to have this player at this cost? I would have said, absolutely. But somebody outbid me by three bucks. And so instead of having Waka and that got that got awful start he had yesterday, I don't get what I wanted and I don't have him on my team. And I'm I'm doing better as a result of that. So there's so many of those instances that happen across the season, both ways. And in a lot of t- ways, that's what determines You know, like if you start in the middle, that's what determines when you have a really good season versus when you have a really bad season is how many of those just kind of random chance situations happens that you either benefit from or or, or you get hurt by.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And that's kind of like I I wouldn't say I didn't bid on them, but it was definitely like two dollar bids or something. But um, it was uh, it was surprising to see Seattle do the damage they did. But I, I don't fault anybody for grabbing him. Like there's guys we talked about in the past where I'm like, guys, like this wasn't like this is a crazy two start. What are you guys doing? Walker well, kind of at least understood where where the head was at and what he's doing. And usually, even if he gets hit a little, he's not crushing you type thing. And you know he can go out and deal five or six versus Baltimore, and you won't even feel it come Sunday. So uh, it's not over yet. He, he didn't get he didn't get gombered. It just wasn't pretty to say the least. Um, we talked about David Bednar already. Let's talk Rowdy Tellez. Picked up in 165 leagues as high as 58 bucks. He's finally getting consistent playing time versus righties. He's crushing it. Um, he'll sit versus lefties. That's one of the big reasons Eduardo Escobar got added. He can play third base versus righties, he'll play first base versus lefties, most likely. But still, they played 13 righties in a row starting this week. So he's gonna get a lot of playing time. He's hitting with power. His one thing we've always loved about Telez was the the barrel rates, like the stat cast metrics, doing that just fine again. So when you have a situation like this, we usually talk about you know, like Giants, lefties versus right-handed pitching and all these things like the, the platoon situation. Telez is in the strong side of a platoon that's looking mighty good right now. So I didn't get him anywhere because I didn't didn't bid high enough. There's people going crazy for Telez. But um what's your thoughts on Rowdy?
2: Yeah, I think you summarized it well. I had the same. I had lower bids for him, just wasn't as aggressive because first base, I I tend to have some pretty strong options there and and, and at the corner infield but um yeah i mean i think uh, jeff uh, erickson and 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 jeff scott Norman. did a great job of right. covering this but he faced they faced 13 righties in a row i think and so that is the type of context and knowing those things ahead of time when you fab you know can can really get you a, a couple super hot weeks um you know and 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 that's what you could get from to us uh, so yep i'm with you there so if you grabbed them
1: I'm all for it. Just know you might have to drop him again pretty soon, but write it while you can because the dude's doing like every preseason. I fall in love with Tellez. I preach Tellez, and then he lets me down. And then he finishes every year strong. Like he's a, I feel it coming again this year. He's going to do it to me once again. I'm going to head into the offseason and go see. Look at this. Look at his barrel rates. Look at his hard hit rates. He does this. He, does, but he's played as a platoon player. That's like the reality of the situation. He needs a DH. He needs a team to be a DH on that actually has room for him. Like the Jays did not. Maybe next year the Brewers will have room for him if the baseball gets their stuff together, and that would be awesome. So we'll wait and see there. Uh, Luis Patino added 160 leagues, as high as 131. Um, he's been pitching. Like they've been stretching him out. They made a point they wanted to stretch him out. They want to have him in the rotation this year in Tampa Bay. He pitched on Tuesday. I was watching it on my phone, not uh, the actual video so much of it, but like sh- watching the strikeout plot and everything, he was getting a ton of – like there's one point where he had like 56 pitches and 42 strikes, but – it was like the third inning because guys were fouling it off and fouling it off and fouling it off. And um, Jason Collett got a hold of me on Twitter. We were talking back and forth. He said the broadcasters were talking about it very nicely because his final line was five innings, five hits, three runs, two homers, two walks, three Ks. He only got three Ks, but he had so many chances for strikeouts. The lefty dominating Seattle lineup was what got him. His slider's not going deep enough in, so they're fighting him off, which is what I kept seeing. Like slider's low and in, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, and then he'd hang on or he'd walk him or something. That's Patino's biggest thing. But with all that being said, I love the skill set. I think it's great. They're going to let him go five plus innings. I think that's great. I need strikeouts in a big way. And when he's on, he can get a ton. Like if it's a righty heavy lineup, strikeouts will be there. So I was not like super aggressive. I'm not aggressive on anybody. So I got a a false statement. But I was putting like five to ten bucks out for Patino, and I got him like in two leagues. So I was intrigued with him. Yeah,
2: he. there's probably a lot of 12-teamers. I wasn't really in on Patino. Uh, I haven't been a huge fan. I mean, that, that start he had last week was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Prior to that, he hadn't really shown like a ton of strikeout stuff um, and his metrics weren't all that great. Um, If you look at his, his uh, previous three starts, five and a third, four earned runs, four K's uh, five and a third, you know, five, earned runs given up five strikeouts. He did have six and three and a third, but he gave up four earned runs. So before that Yankees outing, you know, he really had not been, um, you know, that impressive to me. So I wasn't that interested in him. Uh, I, I am interested to see how he does though. I mean, he's obviously an incredible talent and the Rays know how to develop their pitching. So it'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward and certainly you know it wasn't a great game today against the mariners but it also wasn't a terrible game
1: yeah i just liked what we saw in triple a because he he's only made this was his four starts since he got called back up and his last uh set, six starts in triple a is five or more k's and every start seven or more in three of the of those six so they're showing improvements like see he was doing something pitch mix i don't know what because i didn't follow AAA, triple a but he had 41 k's and innings pitched so there's at least some improvement of some sort and I'm hoping that transitions by just letting him go. Because when they had him up earlier before that, it was like, okay, you're going to open. I'm like, well, that sucks. But now they've made a point. He's going to go five or six innings more often than not. And I'll give that a roll because we've seen these young pitchers in Tampa Bay. It's just like they'll figure out how to use your stuff and they're going to make it work. So I'm willing to give that a shot, especially for the cheap. Uh, a few others here. You mentioned Cole Sulser. We've talked about him a few times because I was on him a few weeks ago. Baltimore, it's tough to see what they're going to do with closing, but his ratios and his strikeout stuff's great. So – At worst, he helps you there, as you kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, Carson Kelly's back. He got picked up in a lot of places. Anthony Bender got picked up in a lot of places, even though him and Dylan Floro kind of – it's one and two. You mentioned Floro. I think it's Floro. Those guys were picked up. What are some other guys that uh, were added that kind of stood out to you? Because there was a bunch this past week.
2: Yeah, um, we covered a lot of the guys that I added. Sam Hilliard I picked up in a couple leagues. Actually, I think just one league, but I had some bids in for him. Uh, Chaz McCormick was also –
1: Let's just go over your moves. You made a little bit easier.
2: Yeah. Why don't we do that? All right. My, uh, let's see. Fab results. All right. Picked up Kyle Finnegan dropped Daniel Hudson. Um, in, in one league, oops, I'll go and I'll get, I'll go in order here. Added Rafael Ortega dropped Shane Bieber. Now this was a tough decision to make here. And I didn't drop Bieber in all my leagues, but I dropped him in the ones where I'm in an overall competition, um, and, and I need pitching. Because the thing with Bieber is he has just thrown the baseball. He threw the baseball once, and his arm was not feeling right afterwards. Yeah. And with Cleveland pretty much giving up the season, I would actually Why be surprised if he pitched again, I just wanted to give it one more week to see if he was progressing at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if they should be him. fair. To be fair, you can feel okay.
1: Dropping Bieber when the robot dropped Jacob Degrom this week. So you can, that's true. Okay well,
2: I had more courage sense. than I have, which yeah, is I wouldn't which have probably able to explains do it, but I some things. It. Yeah. Um, added Kyle Finnegan dropped Daniel Hudson added Sam Hillier dropped Garrett Hampson. Um, and this was in a 15 teamer. Hampson just is not getting enough. Uh, unfortunately, and it's it's unfortunate. But he's behind Hilliard now. um He's behind you know Tapia. He's behind Rogers. They didn't trade Story. It's just really hard to see where he's going to fit in on a regular basis in this lineup. And being short side of the platoon just just isn't it. And so he's just one of these guys that tends to just be on your bench. And he's kind of like a if I need him guy, but. If, you're, if your Needham guy is not going to play, then you got to move on. So moved on from him. Added Ian Happ, dropped Luis uh, Urias. Uh, added Chris Stratton, dropped Tony Gonsolin. Number one, you just can't – after that start against Arizona, he just can't give you enough innings. He, he's just not reliable enough. And then he goes on the IL with shoulder inflammation. Chances are he never makes it back into that rotation this year. So I moved on. I actually messed up. I, I did not drop him in one of my main events, and I don't know – how that got past me, but sometimes it happens when you have uh, 12 fab leagues. Um, I added Kyle Finnegan, dropped Pete Fairbanks, added Edwin uh, Edward Olivares, uh, dropped J.T. Brubaker. This was a little bit of a tough drop for me. You know, Brubaker. I've had a tough time starting him recently, just because he gives up so many home runs and he doesn't go deep in it, so it's hard for him to get wins. But in a 15 teamer, I still think you hold on to him. But this league is is. I'm first in strikeouts by over a hundred I'm first in wins and I need saves. And so it was just a matter where I'm only starting guys that I really feel good about now. And he wasn't going to be one of those guys. And next week he got, he has a tough start, I think against the Dodgers maybe. And and so I'm just not going to work with him. Cole Solter. I added, um, dropped Willie Castro. Um, uh, added Kyle Finnegan, dropped Daniel Hudson. Uh, added Kyle Finnegan, dropped Brett Gardner, uh, added Edward Olivares, dropped Ryan Yarbrough. This was a tough one as well. But Yarbrough uh, against—he's at Baltimore, and, and he just hasn't done that great against Baltimore before. He's on the road, according to the Rasball player, um, uh, the Rasball tool. He's—he's he's a negative dollar guy this week, and then next week he's at Boston. So I wasn't going to use him the next two weeks. And so I moved on from him. Ross Strimpling is another guy where he's done me okay. He's subject to some blowups. You know, he's got Cleveland this week, but he wasn't going to be in my starting rotation. And the next week he's he's going up against Boston. And and I just don't feel great about that one. Um, So I moved on from him. I added Chris Stratton, which I don't feel great about that one either. Um, Added Eloy, dropped Tony Gonsolin. It was 217, runner-up of 148. Added Chris Stratton, dropped Luis Urias. Added Andy Ibanez, um, dropped Donovan Solano. Ibanez has seven games. He's playing every day. He's in the middle of the Rangers lineup. And he's actually kind of nice. I mean, you look at his contact rates are higher than league average. Chase rate is pretty decent. He's also got a little bit of pop as well. Uh, Plays second, third, uh, eligibility-wise. So added him this week. Um, kind of dug that one. I ordered added, added him in a dynasty league. I'll probably be week.
1: looking. I'll probably be looking to add that eligibility this week. I think that's, that's a good add. I've been kind of staring at him in DFS, and he's he's starting to grow on me. So that's a good. You got ahead of that one. That's very very good. Good move actually. Oh Thanks,
2: uh, Eloy for 187. A backup of 71. That one hurts a little bit. Man, they went uh, cheap in your league. I know. Uh, not a lot of fab left in this particular league. Okay. Not a lot of fab yet left. The two people who have the most fab, for some reason, didn't spend it last week. I mean, maybe they're waiting for Chris Sale, but he's not available in this league. So um, in my my nine major fab leagues, Chris Sale is available in just one of them. Um, Yeah, guys have held on to him. Kyle Finnegan for Daniel Hudson. Chris Stratton for David Bednar.
1: At least we talked uh, about that already. Alex Dissel would ask you to talk about it. It's at the
2: beginning of the show. So go back. And look, we won't make Toby relive it twice. <laughs> it's at the beginning of the show. I had my reasons, but and it's one of those things, right? It's the, it's, it's not that, just it's recency bad. bias. It's just you've got a one game sample of yeah. what you think they might do in a bullpen well, and you've got to make decisions. And let's say you hold on to Bednar for the next week and stratton's the guy then you miss out on stratton well let's just think um, about it
1: it's the pirates like would you be
2: shocked if somehow stratton closes all of september i mean to, to stratton's credit started. today he, he evened it out he went one and a third uh so and he didn't give up any runs so he's he's fine uh it's just not as pretty as it is with with bednar there um and then i added zach efflin for four bucks dropped jose suarez um and then in tgfbi i added a bunch of different people i think um but it's not loading here Uh oh is it your turn i was kidding. (laughs) yeah right yeah um let's see what we got here sorry it shut down on me here um so i added tyler clipper uh dropped donovan solano added chris stratton dropped Paven Smith, added Spencer Patton, dropped Alex Cobb. Again, this is a league where I have just ridiculous pitching. Um, added Brent, well, ridiculous starting pitching, I should say. Uh, Brent Rooker dropped uh, John Nagowski. Rooker's playing every single day, not available in most 15s, but available in most 12s. Um, he's playing every day, hitting second for the Twins, and he's, he's looked decent. A lot of strikeout, but he's the type of guy that can get hot. Added In 12-teamers, added Ian Kennedy, dropped Dropped Tony Gonsolin. Added Tyler Clipper. I dropped Yasmani Grundal, who I'd actually held on to, because I, I have Eric Haas on that team, and I think JT Realmuto or Sal Perez is my other catcher. And Haas has just been absolutely killing it, so I don't really need Grandahl. Uh So Klippard, uh added all, uh, Oliveras. Dropped Eddie Rosario. This was a little bit of a tough one, because Rosario, I think, is only a couple weeks out. But he's a couple weeks out. That situation in Atlanta is super crowded. They added Soler, Duval and rosario so i'm not even sure that rosario is going to play every single day um and so i held on to him in 15s but i dropped him in 12s added miguel rojas dropped josh harrison um in in ocs where i had trey turner as my only shortstop added kyle finnegan dropped joe soria added tyler clipper dropped ranger suarez this is in a 12 i held on to suarez in 15s because I actually think he's going to be a good good starting pitcher uh, when real he play. gets up to that. Real, real he has play. two starts this week.
1: I want to know your thoughts on Ranger Suarez because I think I dropped him in a 12 where I needed some other help. Obviously, I need closers. That's why I had him to begin with. But um, I kind of had the same thought you did. Like even three innings of him could be good. Do you do you think they actually stretch him out, stretch him out? Or is it, it seems like they're going to kind of go really slow with him. So I don't know if we ever get more than like three to four innings out of Ranger
2: Suarez. I, I think he'll get there. Um yeah. I think one good thing is that he's, he's efficient. Generally speaking with his pitches, like he doesn't walk a lot of guys. Um, I mean, he made it to three innings in 33 pitches this time around, which won't be the case every single time. I mean, it was a really stellar outing. I would say, you know what he's got, he pitched 33 this past time. So maybe next time he gets up to, um, you know, 45, 50, the time after that, he's at 60, 65, and then you start getting into the territory where whether you get to five or not is questionable. So I'll see how they handle him. He had two starts this week. I only started him in a league where uh, wins was not an issue um, for me. Um, so so we'll see. I may move on from him next week in the 15s. I also want to just be a little leery. I don't trust Ian Kennedy at all. I added him, but I, you know we've already seen him give up two home runs. If you look at his away splits the last couple of years outside of the you know, he's pitched in Kansas city and then Texas to pitcher friendly parks from a home run perspective. It's really bad. Um, I I don't think he's that good. Um, so I just want to make sure, you know, like if he had blown the save yesterday, like he came close, close close-ish to coming, uh, I would not, you know, what's weird is that they had finally kind of stabilized that bullpen a little bit and now they're moving away from it and we'll see how that works out for them. Um, and then I added Ortega for Hosmer. I dropped Hosmer. Um, in a, in a 12, just cause I, I'm flush with first baseman in that league. I think I have like Guriel, Hoskins, um, and Bell, something like that. And I just like them more than I like Hoskins for what I, I need. Finnegan for Gonsolin, Clippard for Hosmer, Oliveris for Rosario. So you can kind of see what I was doing in my fab leagues there. A lot of, a lot of Finnegan, a lot of Stratton, a lot of Oliveris, um, a lot of dropping of the same guys too.
1: All right, for me and TGFBI, I got Finnegan dropped Hansel Robles. I liked that one because i got I got him for thirty one, and the backup was twenty six, so that was kind of one of those that makes you feel good about life. Um, so that's pretty good. I got Yadiel Hernandez for thirteen. Dropped Chase Peterson. Uh, Ortega was grabbed by Bloomfield, so I didn't get that one. That sneaky, sneaky guy. Um, I got Nicks. I I grabbed Nixon Zell in a couple leagues. Because he's coming back pretty just speculating, hoping God. I got him for like eight bucks in this league. I dropped Christian Walker because he's been just horrific. I got Tyler, Tyler Clipper for six bucks, dropped Joaquin Soria, and uh that was it, I believe. Oh, and I um that was that was this week too. I got Paulo Espino for two bucks, dropped Colin McHugh. Um, Espino's is one of those guys. Like, I don't know. I i got him, he was basically a backup bid on some other backup bids. So, uh, I got him. We'll see how that one plays out. But I like what he's doing. He's just a lot of pitch to contact, which can be scary at times. But uh, he's been very, very efficient. And uh, I need some wins. So, I'm, I'm praying he can sneak those through there. So, that was TGFBI for me. Uh, we go to the rotowire Online Championship. Then, you know, I got Joe Ross for three dollars. I dropped Kyle Gibson in this one, 12 team league. I'm just kind of over Kyle Gibson. He goes out and throws a gym, which really stinks. But um, I went with Joe, Joe Ross. I think I like the strikeout upside that Ross brings over Kyle Gibson. That's what I really needed. So I went with Ross for 3 bucks. I will take that gamble and pray it works. I grabbed Josiah Gray for 3 bucks. dropped Jordan Holloway. And then I got Rafael Ortega for $2, dropped Tanner Houck. And that's it on that one. The Tanner Houck one's very disappointing. The Red Sox are killing me there. Uh, talent's too good. Um, in my one of my satellite leagues. I got Bumgarner. Now I have two shares of Bumgarner this year. I got him for 21 bucks. dropped Jordan Holloway. Um, he's been Bumgarner's been great. Got Ortega for 17 dropped Garrett Cooper, RIP Garrett Cooper. I uh, got Yadiel Hernandez for 17 dropped Chase Peterson. I need outfielders badly. That's why I also grabbed Nick Senzel for like 12 bucks. dropped Darren Ruff, which that's going to sting, but I'm doing a long play on like they They face a lot of uh, righties coming up, and once Belt's back very soon, I see that platooning a lot more there and then tch, 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 i think oh i got i got cal Quantrill for three bucks dropped ranger suarez that's the one i dropped ranger suarez in so we'll see how Quantrill. i actually like what the improvements Quantrill's made is actually striking guys out now which looks pretty good so you know, i'm gonna roll the dice there with cleveland again hopefully bieber doesn't come back and then my other satellite I got rafael ortega for 17 dropped garrett cooper uh Yalia hernandez dropped aaron Savale elias diaz dropped francisco mejia pretty pumped on that one for four dollars and then that should be about it for me. Yeah, that's it. So uh, pretty much similar guys, similar drops. Um, we'll see. I, 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 the Cal Quantrill one, I forgot all about that. Um, I'm hoping the improvements we've seen over his last recent starts continues to go. He's, he's changed his pitch mix up, and it's led to more strikeouts. So I'm a big, big fan of that improvement. And the Espino one literally was like, I just know I needed a pitcher. We'll see how, how long he – is $2, so we'll see how long he sticks around. But he's actually been very good. I'm just nervous. Like, the blow up game is going to be a bad blow up when it happens. It's going to uh, be ugly. So,
2: yeah, I kind of like Espino too. I mean, if you look at um,
1: like, I've had him in barf for like over a month because, like, with barf, I'm going to vote next year if we just can lower the ILs on there because there's no one on the waiver wires. Like, I've been dead to yeah, rights all season. I've been dead totally. to rights because my whole team's injured. I, I I've been, I, I've literally rostered Espino for over a month in that league. <laughs> IL slots are brutal. Yeah, honestly, it kills IL's the whole
2: fab process. It's freaking rough. <laughs> they're they're brutal. Yeah, I mean with Espino, like I think the thing that I like a lot about him, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. Absolutely true, but he doesn't walk guys either. Four point five percent walk rate. Um, you know, so yes, you always are in danger of having Babbitt games. He's got a two forty four Babbitt, which certainly will change, as will the eighty two percent strand rate with with the type of um, you know strikeout ability he has. Um, so it's a little bit tough, but a 14.2% K minus walk rate is league average. Um, and so, you know, you could do a lot worse. I think if you're, if you're putting him in, in the right matchups. Yeah. I need wins. Um, I need strikeouts. I knew he wasn't gonna give me that, but like, if he's going
1: to give me a win, he's going to help my ratios out. Cause that's how only way he's going to win. So it's kind of one of those right matchups, things like you mentioned, get him now before he's got, I think he's got a two step next week. Maybe, I don't it's, Maybe that's what it was. So I'll just put a bid on him and see what happens. I, I wanted to get, I believe it's first, I'm going to put, let me just look this up real quick. He's uh, starting on Wednesday for the um, Carlos Hernandez of Kansas City. I was very intrigued with what I saw on his first start, but uh, he got picked up. He was like Espino was like my tertiary bid to Hernandez where Hernandez got grabbed everywhere. I kind of like what we saw there, but um, yeah, didn't get any of that. What I would have loved to have seen is, I don't know if you got to catch it at all, but on Tuesday night, because of all the COVID issues the Yankees are having for like the fourth time this year, um, Luis Eel, the G is silent, it sounded like on the broadcast. He looked filthy, absolutely filthy making his pro debut, but he already got sent back down tonight. So that sucks, but he looked, he was throwing high 90s with a nice little slide piece, like, that looked really good. I looked at his profile going into the game and he had like a massive home run to fly ball in triple a, his A numbers look great. So I was kind of like, yeah, we'll see what he's got watching that game. He was good. So we'll see. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah. It's been brutal. I mean, Cole got COVID right after Locke. Yeah. Jomo. Now Jomo has COVID, you know, um, and for Cole, if you're a Cole, if you have Cole on your team, he had, he had Seattle and Baltimore, both at home yeah. for his starts. And then you have, um, uh, and then Tyler Rot or Trevor Rogers, Trevor Rogers was yeah. put on the family family medical list. Yep. Um, and so he's not probably not starting this yep. week either. And have I have walk. Cole and walk. Rogers on one main event team. That's my best main event team this week. And I'm like, oh, goodness. on Tuesday, I, I mean, obviously, May- hope everything's okay with them. But yep. as, we, as,
1: as we record right now, Matt, or earlier today on Tuesday, Matt Barnes got put on the COVID IL. So, um, if you guys had fun last season in the sixty-game season, pretend that's what we're about to have now because it does not feel it's going to be one of those. The it's rest it's of the a way. good.
2: It's a good point. That's how much time we have left. In yeah, the season. it's about. And it's going to be about the same little the run. COVID, now. COVID is. I mean, where I am, we're we're seeing uh, we're seeing case rates that are at equally as high as as peak, um, and I know that other places are seeing that as well. So, yep, it's going to be fun. So. And be very sarcastic through people. Um, we have
1: one listener question for the week. You guys slacked on us this week. No, I'm just kidding. I understand. You Can't do it every week. You guys were awesome last week, but um, we got one. Oh, Alex, I thought I saw something too. Alex said Barnes has since tested negative. Barnes is the same one in the preseason. Remember during draft season, supposedly got COVID or whatever, and then all of a sudden everyone drafts out of Vino, and then the next day Barnes is fine again. It, it he's got some something. He's got something going on in that system. I don't know what it is. But uh, something to keep in mind. But we have one listener question here. Little Book of Calm says, in a 5 by 5 Roto League with a solid lead in strikeouts and close in ratio categories, how aggressive are you at curating your starts? At this point, am I considering sitting every starting pitcher at Cincinnati, at Colorado, at Toronto versus Astros, Dodgers, stuff like that, to conserve his ratios? But that's almost 20% of the league. Is that too careful? It's a great question
2: that's a great question yeah i mean i think it i think yes but i don't want to do it the same way for me the way i think about it is you know it's not necessarily it depends on who the pitcher is like if i have my ace and they're going up against the dodgers i still throw them if i have at colorado is different like a good example is like sandy alcantara sandy alcantara heading into this week it looked like He was going to throw well nfbc had him uh rotowire had it correct but nfbc had him throwing monday and and saturday so he would have had home against the mets and at colorado i would have started him for that double start right there but i would not i i've taken him out of my lineup when he's at colorado um you know he's obviously gotten blown up by the dodgers but i would still probably throw him at least at home against the Dodgers. Um, you know, even Houston, like Houston's lineup is very good, but the top half of the lineup lineup is really good. The back half of it is a little soft right now with the, with the injuries and stuff like that that they have. So I generally like I'll throw my, my aces regardless of the situation. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, I'll play it. I'll play it more conservative depending on you know how big the league is, but, one thing that I would highly recommend doing, which is what I'm doing in a situation where I'm a, I'm in a similar spot is use some of these really good ratio relief guys yep. to bolster your saves or just, you know, like Scott Barlow is a good example. Cole Solzer is a good example where he might get saves, but he's probably going to get you K's because like a good example is with Yarborough. One of the reasons why I dropped him, you know, when you look at him, if he's only got one start in a week, you know, he averages three, four, maybe five strikeouts. Now, on a good week for a reliever who's elite, I can get five strikeouts. I can get four strikeouts. I can get three strikeouts. I won't get it every week, but I can be pretty confident that I'm going to get three, and I feel a lot more confident that I'm going to get better ratios than I am with Ryan Yarborough. And so at that particular point in time, yes, the win likelihood with Yarborough is higher, but I can still get that with some relief pitchers. And so um, that's what I would recommend doing. That's what, that's what I'm doing. Hopefully it works out, but you got you to be careful, though, too, because these these gaps like if the guy behind you starts starting nine starting pitchers that gap is going to close very closely so you got to be monitoring that and making sure that that doesn't uh that they don't creep up on you and and you don't have time enough to adjust in response
1: yeah don't get too cute with it because strikeouts like you said guys can go stream like four two-star guys and even if they don't care about the ratios can go rack up strikeouts pretty quickly so Mm -hmm. that can jump in a hurry it all kind of depends on what you have going on but yeah you pretty much i say 95% of the time you're starting your aces barring something completely crazy taking place. So you're doing that. And then it's like, like Toby said, we've been talking about it for a while. That's why I'll say things on Twitter and guys give me a hard time when like, you really started this guy, like a two-star pitcher. Oh, I need it for like, they always say, well, I have to do this. I'm like, you don't have to do anything like you have to know the consequences going into it. And sometimes it just is not, the juice is not worth the squeeze. I would rather go and, and play middle relievers or I'd rather go play Paulo Espino and do something like that. Like, there's, there's different and everyone's different and you know people are successful doing different things so and that's what's fun about the game we play but I, I i'm a lot like toby on this one i'm very cautious with my pitchers unless unless it's like you know your ratios are shot which is not your case book of com so you're you're not there like if your ratios are shot and just go yolo i want strikeouts i want chances of wins i don't care but if you have the good ratios do exactly what toby says like be very careful with it throw relievers out there that's something i've preached since the beginning of the year, basically, if you want, I have no problem playing those like openers or relievers that get you, you know, maybe by the end of the week get your four to five innings. Like I'm totally cool with that. So um, yeah, that's the way to go. And it's going to happen a lot more this year because you're seeing a lot of young pitchers getting called up. They're not going to go deep into games. If there's gonna be a handful of guys throwing like the sixth and seventh innings a lot. They might do that twice a week and they might sneak into some wins that way. And that's going to be something to definitely keep an eye on like usage patterns. Uh, Ryan Roof of Rotowire, Greg Jewett uh, does his column for stuff. They will keep you posted on stuff like that and to be very, very useful down the stretch here with uh, all the craziness that's about to ensue for two months. So I'd highly recommend that. All right, Toby, that'll wrap us up. Any final thoughts as we have about seven and a half weeks to go?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, I just say, you know, keep plugging away. There's going to be a lot of changes that happen, you know, in September with September call ups with injuries, with COVID, you know, keep some of that fab around for that. You know, the bids are going to be lower now that most people have exhausted a lot of their fab and also pay attention to the closer rules. You know, like for me, I missed out maybe on Stratton, uh, Stratton is probably a miss at this point. Maybe not. I mean, if they play high leverage, like maybe they're doing now, which they hadn't done previously, which is why I thought Stratton was the guy. Um, then who knows? He might have an opportunity, but, there's still a lot of Clovers left on the waiver wire. Like I saw Spencer Patton wasn't picked up everywhere in shallower leagues. Dylan Flora wasn't picked up everywhere. So there's still an opportunity uh, to get some of those guys. So make sure that you're searching your league and, and tracking those guys. If if you still do need saves. Yep. hundred percent with you on that. There's going to be a lot of moving parts, a lot of people
1: moving to football, a lot of people with no money, um Joe adele got called up finally. He had a great game on Tuesday, so that'll be one of the fun bids on Sunday where he's still available. He's, he's kind of I don't think people have, it'll be interesting to see how many places he's available in. It really will be cuz um if people don't get on to Bobby Witt Jr. we'll see. And Bobby Witt Jr. is crushing it. He's coming up soon. So that's one of those you can speculate on if you can. He's going to be a fun player with especially with the Adalberto Mondesi problems going on there in Kansas City supposed to start a rehab, but we'll see how that goes. Bregman's got a setback. Uh you mentioned Beaver. Why pitch him the rest of the year for the, the for the Guardians or whatever they're going to be called now because that might not be happening. Um it's it's going to be check the a very, website before you name yeah, the team. I like, come on. Like I checked to see if benched with Bubba was taken before I started a podcast. Like who who are like it makes sense the way you run your organization. It makes total sense like <laughs> to miss something so simple like that. But uh it's going to be a wild ride. We're going to say it pretty much every week when we watch uh, the transactions and the ups and the downs but it's fun and it's a roller coaster. Like, you know, like myself at least, like I'll, I'll give like guys like James and Tian a hard time. He had a great July. Like it's such a long season. Things can change. Like, don't be fickle in your ways. The best thing. That's the best advice I could try to give right now is just because one guy burned you before or looked bad earlier this year, they make changes. So like just see how things uh, fluctuate through there. But um, check out Toby on Twitter at Batflip Crazy. I'm at BD entry We'll be back with you guys next week. But this was Bubba and the Batflip episode ninety one. See y'all later.